0: My dad's texting.
1: <laughs> and on that note, hey there, we're those sci-fi guys. This is at those sci-fi guys show. Just two working dudes, different lives, different jobs, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We are your hosts. I am P.S. McKay, and I am here to announce that just like Twitter, Elon Musk has offered to buy this podcast for $54.20. That's it. Uh-
0: I'm holding. This is DT Kaplan, and I'm holding out for a cool eighty bucks. Forty a (laughs) piece. Did you know that Elon Musk is short for Elongated Musk Ox?
1: No. No. What? Wait a minute. That's so crazy. It might be true.
0: Stop it. It it. It might be true, but um, it's it's. uh, I you know I saw a meme somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> I think they used muskrat, but I decided to uh, change the musk uh, animal to, uh, you know, not get sued.
1: That man literally named his child Ash42X or something like that, or 52X or something like it. Ash, an A and an E connected. That's pronounced Ash. Like, So that's crazy enough to...
2: It just
0: proves that having money doesn't buy class.
1: Doesn't buy class, but having money means you might be able to walk circles around everyone.
0: (laughs) I don't know if you've seen some of these billionaires out there. You realize that a lot of them haven't done a whole lot of walking lately.
3: No.
1: Is that a fitness joke?
0: Fitness, age. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like Mr. That Burns. That could go
1: very many different ways, but yeah. So, all right. Well, we're back, even though it doesn't reflect it in the number of episodes that we've been posting because I'm late in publishing stuff. Uh, we took a week hey, off.
2: I know. Over it's, week.
1: it's
0: not your first rodeo.
1: <laughs> it literally was. Actually, technically, it was my second, but it was my first rodeo here. So, DT, we took some time off mostly because of me, I had to volunteer for my son's Boy Scouts. We had a big rodeo that comes here every year. It doesn't come here. We host a rodeo. Our small town hosts this big rodeo every year, and it's one of the bigger rodeos in the country, by the way. I did not know this. Like, they literally had the number one and number two bull riders in the world. Hmm. And it showed they sat on that that one. The number one bull, the number two bull rider was bucked off in one point, two eight seconds, which the means one, that they
0: bring top top quality bulls to this. Yes, team.
1: absolutely. The number one bull rider was able to stay on for 12 freaking seconds. Now, mind you, they didn't time him to 12 seconds. He was just timing it so that he could get off safely which mm-hmm. is impressive.
0: <laughs> you make eight seconds, it's a big deal.
1: It An is impressive. Yeah, so... but did, it you, was, did
0: you listen to some Cody Johnson and Chris Ledoux?
1: Personally, I... No. I mean, I did the night you suggested them.
2: <sighs>
1: but, like, I mean, I, right after that, we was off to the races. Like, we went, I would pick up... I worked from, like... 7 a.m to 3.30. so I'd get up at six and then at 3 345 I'd be off to the rodeo checking at four on on the weekdays and I'd be either checking IDs or selling concessions until nine and then uh, on the weekends it was get there at 11 work until six and then if it, and those were just all concession days I was just sitting there in the concession office now by the way that's a lot of work. Like, I don't know if you've ever done concession work. you got to remember stuff. No, I just stuff. sold
0: my ass <laughs> to the government.
1: Well, no, yeah. <laughs> you sold, I wouldn't, You, you can never sell your soul to the government, but you definitely sold your ass to the government. That's for
2: sure.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I basically, I took orders. And by the way, what COVID? Because it was literally... The music was blaring. The music uh, let, was let, just... let, me,
0: let me explain something. COVID doesn't penetrate uh, extra tight Wranglers, copious <laughs> amounts of uh, Copenhagen. Oh my God! And Red Man. No. And <laughs> if you play enough rodeo <laughs> and country music, uh huh. COVID it keeps doesn't the virus want away. It. No, COVID doesn't <laughs> want to be anywhere near it.
1: I, I mean, I am pleased to say that after five straight days of dealing with people face to face, less than two feet away, and them yelling at me because I can't hear what their order is, right? Literally a foot away. And they're yelling at me. I'm getting spittle on my face while I'm taking their orders. I am feeling just fine. And. <laughs> I told you. Thank God, you were absolutely correct because apparently that was secure. We should have started blaring country music back in March of twenty twenty, apparently. So,
0: no, 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 no. I said rodeo <laughs> country music.
1: Oh, uh, rodeo country. You are correct because it's a different, it's a different kind of DJ that they use for the rodeo to keep people entertained in between the rides, which there's a lot of dead time to fill. Between the announcer and the rodeo clown. The main rodeo clown in the ring. And they they do a whole lot of back and forth stuff.
0: <laughs> like, By the way. Tonight. Uh, while driving home from work. I was flipping through the stations. And fell on NFL radio. And I heard. The biggest rodeo clown. In the country talking. And do you know who the biggest rodeo clown. In the country Is. I don't. I
1: didn't Roger know they were big at all. Oh, God damn it. God damn it. The draft is tonight. <laughs> You've
0: got to understand, man, that as a rabid Boston sports fan,
2: <laughs> I,
0: I, I literally was driving in my car alone after work. He comes on and I start booing. There's nobody else you just, there. It's
1: you you just started doing it.
0: And to be honest with you, it felt good. <laughs> it felt right.
1: oh man
0: it, it felt as, as good as watching an episode of deep space nine
1: yes yes and that is our topic for tonight but before we begin i do uh, want to do have,
0: part two part two of, of our deep space nine expose part one part two of eight and we
3: <laughs> At will the
1: very least So, I, I just before we continue, I just want to add a couple parting words about the rodeo. I didn't get to see a lot of it, but I freaking loved working it. It took everything out of me. But you know, the whole purpose of this thing was to fundraise for the Boy Scout troop uh, that my son is in, and it funds us for the entire year. And it basically, you know, and what we do is the parents they earn points in their volunteer hours so that the more points you have, the more money the troop pays for the scout to do different activities. So yes. I've got a shit ton of points right now.
0: I, I am aware of scouting. Uh, not
1: all scouts do the same point system, so I was just pointing no, that out. No,
0: but I, I, I'm familiar with generally how scouts get to do things. The
1: more... right
0: money they raise the more fundraising they do, the more opportunities to do other things.
1: Yeah,
2: it's my
0: literally
1: kid, the only and, fundraising for the year. Your kid.
0: Well my my kid does the other scouts. So cookie 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 cookie. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> the only but, fundraising for the year.
0: <laughs> but this year they went to an Air Force wow. museum.
1: Ooh. Ooh, that would be interesting.
0: Yeah. And, of course, it had happened when I was not around.
1: Of course. Because you couldn't strut around, gone, look at all these undisciplined.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, but I love looking at the old warbirds and missile systems and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's fun, and things go boom.
1: They do. I love, I love... I love the mechanics of of planes and how that stuff works and how like we're in seventh generation air, you know, airplane levels now. And it's mostly computers. And because of that, it's very hard for the damn things to crash. Like, are you sure that idea it's it can it happens, but it's harder. I mean, when was the last time? Oh, God, I'm going to knock. No, I'm not going to say it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to say it.
0: You have been warned.
1: Uh, yeah, I have been. But... And by the way... Yeah?
0: Before you start jinxing air uh, air travel with me having a flight coming up in a couple of weeks...
1: That's why I stopped, okay?
0: <laughs> see, this is your problem. You you dig yourself into
3: a hole. Mm-hmm. Shame.
1: What? I stopped Shame. digging. I'm in the hole. I might be able to dig some stairs out at this point, but, you know.
0: Please. Stop
1: digging down. You are,
0: some of the some of the things you get yourself into is like the wormhole of the gamma quadrant.
1: Mhm. Shall we start that subject now?
0: As always, deep space 9 is the most worthy of topics.
1: Yeah. Now I gotta be honest with you. I cannot remember. Did we talk about a call to arms?
0: We have not. Although I think you did say that you were having an emotional moment at some point.
1: It was was it was that no. The emotional moment was when uh, Quark was not Quark. Odo was resolving his. "Quote unquote," father issues with the the Bajoran uh, research scientist that
0: Doctor Mora.
1: Yeah, Doctor Mora that uh, oh, discovered right. him and helped him. And everything I had to say in that episode is in that episode. So, A
0: "Call to Arms" is the la- is the season finale of season King five, Nine, season five. Yep. Which basically, when you add it to like the first five or six episodes of season six. Is like one long story arc.
1: And by the way, I didn't realize that I mean I knew that they were all connected, but I didn't my entire life in Star as a Star Trek fan was the idea that oh DS nine had a nine episode arc to end it. They used nine episodes out of that season in season seven Ten
0: hours of TV, mind
1: you. Yeah. To to end that series, which was amazing, and the and what was the Paramount was like, oh, like three episodes, and they're like, oh, god damn it, this is an episodic. Oh crap, it's too late now. We'll just do what you're gonna do. So I thought that that was the first real instance of DS9 using a of a, a ton of episodes to arc a story, but no, it was the end of season five. In the first six episodes of season six. Well, where they really. It was amazing. Oh my God. Recap. Do you want to recap Call to Arms?
0: Well, we've kind of talked about some of the lead ups to. The Dominion War. And really. I mean, you, you we in season two, you heard about the Dominion a couple of times. I think you said the first time was in Sanctuary. Yep. Then s- season two ends with a bang with the Gem Hadar, where Cisco and Quark are temporarily captured by the Gem Hadar and the mysterious Vorta, which, by the way, yeah. the Vorta yeah. really changed. The Jem'Hadar had more personality, too, in the first few uh, episodes they there, too. <laughs> um, but they were, of course, still fleshing these things out. The Dominion was kind of floated around as a name in the background in the Gamma Quadrant for a few episodes. And then Starfleet gets punched in the nuts. So much so that the USS Odyssey, a star, uh, well, galaxy-class starship, is blown up by problem. the Jem'Hadar on a kamikaze run.
1: Literally broke my heart, especially, especially when the Jem'Hadar were winning and they made and they decided to, and it was explained by Kira, they were making a point. They unnecessarily Mm. destroyed themselves to make a point of how far they were willing to go to beat the enemy.
0: Mm, Yep. So basically that threat and the threat from the Dominion has just kind of. Started that's when it really started. And then of course you start season three off with the getting to the defiant so they can not only fight back against the Dominion, but also try to go make peace. And that didn't really go as planned. And that's when you learn that the founders are actually changelings. They're Odo's people. And Odo's like, Oh my God, my people are ginormous douchebags and oppressive dictators.
1: Which, by the way, was a risk on Jesus. their part, or the writers' part. Because they decided to to remove the mystery of Odo's history <laughs> um, early, relatively early in the series,
0: and Odo which, got better as a character too.
1: It absolutely did. It paid off. So thousandfold, much better. He was a, a real asshole
0: the first couple of seasons.
1: Yes, but showing I mean, that personal he was enjoyable, conflict, but still. yes. But but at that point when he realized that oh my people are the founders of, of this horrible fascist galactic empire. Oh man. And I like that. these people a lot.
0: The, Odo is basically that kid who comes from a shitty home life who says, I don't want to be like my parents. They're terrible. So I am not going to do that.
1: Okay. You know? Okay, okay. As a child of divorce, I have to addend that. I
0: was not throwing anything out there.
1: <laughs> no. The no. No, 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 no. But- I I you're you're I know where you're going. I let me let me fix it just a little bit for you. He grew up in an adopted home and found his real parents and realized oh, my real parents are shit. And I feel worse for knowing about it.
0: He was Joe Dirt. (laughs) Yes. Odo was Joe Dirt. Your name's Odo.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think that's more apt. (laughs) I can't believe. I
0: just compared one of the most complex and interesting characters in one of the most complex and interesting Star Trek series. Two, (laughs) Joe Joe Dirt, Dirt. (laughs) David Spade, and a mullet. Oh, my God.
1: That's why we have the podcast. (laughs) Yes. I win the internet today. Congratulations. (laughs) How do you feel? Are you going to Disney World?
0: I feel (laughs) like I want to take a spin around the block in one of two things. Uh-oh. Either A, The Defiant. Why? Because fuck you.
1: Because it can work, <laughs> yeah. That'll happen.
0: Or B, in one of the sweet-ass luxury cars that Avery Brooks used to tool around in when playing Hawk and Spencer for Hire.
1: Oh, go with B. Go with B. You know well, you want to go with B.
0: No, no, I, when in doubt, always choose the Defiant. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It's like, you know, that meme where it's like, always be yourself, unless you can be Batman. Always be Batman.
1: Always be Batman, yeah. yeah. So where The question is, who wins, Batman or the Predator? And it's Batman. Always Batman. Batman always wins. <laughs> easily. Captain America. He Captain wins America beats Batman.
0: And the Predator. Why? He he has America's ass. That's why.
1: He does. <laughs> That's America's ass right there. <laughs> so ridiculous. I just rewatched the last hour of Endgame last night.
0: Oh. And God
1: damn it. I got teared up once again. And of course, of course, I decided... Was it when my, you were my,
0: looking at Chris Evans' ass?
1: it <laughs> was I was watching Chris Evans, and I'm showing... I, I'm like, okay, little Mac, listen this is america right here do you see captain america do you see him standing up by himself cinching up a broken shield trying to trying to keep a wound from bleeding and he stands up an entire uh, against an entire alien army by himself that is america
0: and it it makes it even even more poignant knowing he's from massachusetts and that's exactly what they did at Lexington and Concord. That's
1: exactly what yeah. they did. That's exactly what they did. And I got <laughs> teared up. I, I almost cried. I like I, my my voice wavered. It's like Z-Z-Z-Z-Z. you know you know that voice waver that happens, like when you're trying to keep it back. And I know I was I was being a little bitch about it, but my god, it's America. Like <laughs> Who, who won't get a little verklept?
0: No. Anyway, steering. No, come us back on. To, <laughs> I, I cannot confirm nor deny whether or not my allergies acted up during the end, end, oh. end game.
1: They probably acted up. It was just your allergies, I bet. That's fine.
0: That being said, <laughs> the Dominion arc that we were talking about basically started all the way at the end of season two. Yes. And it's a slow build. The Dominion would pop up every now and then, even when the the Klingon war at the start of season four was basically started because of the Dominion. The yeah. Dominion <laughs> tried to start a war with the Federation and the Zenkathy, then they tried then they succeeded in starting basically a two on one war with the federation and the cardassians fighting the klingons
1: i forgot that, that the cardassians were fighting along well i mean they weren't they didn't have an ally ship or anything but they were fighting against they were both fighting against the klingons
0: the federation was sending some things to cardassia periodically like supplies and whatnot well they like, rescued
1: so the they rescued the Chintaka Council.
0: The Tapa Council.
1: The Tapa Council. Uh, the, the fact Tapa that I got Tapa it Council, that close. Come on now.
0: You still aren't close. It's the D-Tapa Council. Why do I know this? Because I've been watching Deep Space Nine again.
1: Okay, the Chintella Council. I get it. I understand.
0: Like the Fluffy Chinchilla Council.
1: Yep. So. And Kim and, and Kim was part of it. The Kim Kardashian.
0: No. No. <laughs>
1: Ray that J in there too. The <laughs> it's a terrible. I I should stop.
0: You need someone standing behind you ringing a bell going shame.
1: Game of Thrones reference. There we go. Ooh. By the way, that's your second reference to Game of Thrones since we started recording. So
2: <laughs>
0: Really? Yeah. I don't recall.
1: Well, I'm just saying it, it, it was, but don't worry, I'll send you the recording. You can go back to it. <laughs> Not Fair since enough. the show started, by the way. It was before the show started, so ah,
0: well, that doesn't count.
1: No. <laughs> All right. So the Dominion Arc started. It has it has long roots that the writers strategically did so that they could. Like flesh out the Dominion, but they didn't do it every single episode.
0: Oh, and that was good. It was kind of how it's similar to what Babylon Five did with the uh, shadows, but they also had something else going on with what was going—the problems with Earth and all this crazy shit. I mean, Deep Space Nine had this slow burn with the Dominion the Klingon War was kind of started by the Dominion. Mm -hmm. And then it really kind of starts getting faster when Garrick and Worf go to the Gamma Quadrant midway through season five and learn that there were survivors of a lot of ships and colonies, and that Bashir was there, which we-
1: In in the Inferno.
0: Yes, in Inferno's light.
1: Oh uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, in Furlo's gold
0: ducat proves to have gone full turncoat again mm-hmm. and sold the cardassia to the minion and basically gave them a foothold in the alpha quadrant. And basically it was just he he basically lit the fuse. There was a, a like a third of the season burn to get down to Blowing up into the Dominion War. And where that really came to a head was at the very end of season five. We'll call, call it December arms. of 2363 or 2373. Yep. A call, call to the arms. arms. Which kind so of ramped good. up a lot of story arcs like. It's uh, definitely looking like all attempts to. Save off the Dominion War has basically failed. Cisco counsels Bejor to sign a non aggression pact with uh, the Dominion. The Romulans have signed, a, like a whole bunch of other mm-hmm. races have signed non aggression pacts with the Dominion. The Federation and the Klingons are like, fuck this shit. I'm We're not, already the, in. The Klingons are like, <laughs> fuck this, bitches. And the Federation's like, uh, yeah, what he said.
1: We're, we're with them. We'll, we'll be with okay them. if we, we
0: come to a peace, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. That's right.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. And
0: finally, they just can't do it any longer. And basically, Gull Dukat says, I'm coming to take the station back. It used to be mine. Yep. I promised everybody that I was going to take back everything owned by
1: yeah, yes. All former Cardassian territory, including Bajor right. and Deep Space Nine. Tarek Noor, he said, right. I think.
0: So he wants that back. He wants the wormhole. But... Cisco's like, yeah, you can have the station, but suck on these bitches. <laughs> and Chief O'Brien
2: You're and the,
0: the Wonderkin <laughs> idiot savant known as Rom, who has now since become an, engin- an engineer for the Bajoran militia aboard Deep Space Nine, and they I love divide- Rom.
1: Rom he was, was so great. great, especially uh, later
0: Rom when he got a later first Rom.
1: Out. Oh, my God. Like he did. He did facilitate the, the, the station Every sabotage. Every
0: character on that show got so much better as the show went on.
1: Even more for some reason.
0: <laughs> well, especially when you find out that Dax thinks he's cute and Worf spars with him. Yep. <laughs> Morn. Fucking Morn. Yeah. <laughs> basically, here, here's to tie something else back to New England. It was a. Uh, it's basically the Quarks Bar version of Norm from Cheers.
1: That's true. That's true. That's
0: it's an it's an anagram of of Norm is
3: more
1: right. And that was my old AOL password, by the way, a four letter a four letter word. <laughs> I'm not giving anything away. I mean, it, it's defunct now, but.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, my friend, let me say this. A call to arms, really, everything went into overdrive. A whole lot of things going down. People preparing for a Dominion attack on Deep Space Nine. Them trying to put up a, because up until that point, the Cardassians would just, or the, the Dominion would just send ships through the wormhole, and the Federation didn't have enough firepower there to stop all these ships going through and going to Cardassia. Convoys, military ships.
1: Was it every week they they came through?
0: I think it was something like that. Or
1: two or three, three two, two times a week?
0: I think, it was, I think it was once a week, but I, I'd have to double-check. I actually went back and did a... Um, I... I uh, recently over the weekend, I actually watched what you might call the first three part arc. Well, no, the second three part arc in in deep space nine. Um, the first of course was the circle arc. Yeah, we discussed. Two. But then you just follow up with the gem Hadar and then right into the search one and two, which is yeah, like part, you're right, three part. So you get that. And
3: then You have a lot
0: of people discussing things like. Rom and Lita want to get married. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to set up this wormhole and. Basically, Dax agrees uh, with Worf's marriage proposal. So as everything's going. You know, as the shit is starting to hit the fan and the Dominion fleet is on their way, and they're evacuating Bajoran citizens and everybody, as well as uh, non-essential Starfleet personnel. The rest of them are manning up and going to their battle stations while the Defiant is setting up the minefield. Mm-hmm. And Cisco, uh basically, Cisco gives, uh, you know... Um, Performs the, the wedding ceremony for Lita and and Rom. Oh, they get married. That was so
1: great! I'm so glad yeah. he did that.
0: Yeah, it was it was great. And Rom's like, okay, off to you know, <laughs> uh, off to my station, and,
1: the Casablanca uh, send off.
0: Right. And uh, Rom gets a pair of stones again. He tells Nog to escort his new mother to uh, you know a transport leaving for Bajor.
1: Moogie. Yeah. Should I say Moogie? Moogie. It's such, yeah. it's such an ugly word.
0: <laughs> it fits though. You have all these things going on, and then all of a sudden, the uh, you know, while the while the Dominion attacks, they're still trying to set up the minefield. So you get deep the Battle of Deep Space Nine two, where all the shit pops out again, and uh, starts yeah. going, throwing hands against the Cardassians and the um, the Cardassians and the and the. Uh, and, and the Dominion ships. And, and, and Can I say? They're doubting them again. Dukat was on the station when they b- fought back the Klingons. And mm-hmm. he's still, because he's like, oh, well, Dominion weapons will penetrate. <laughs> what? No. Federation shields have never been able to stop that. <laughs> you can just, see, a, adapts, you can just see Miles O'Brien <laughs> leaning out a window of the
1: Defiant with a big finger. Going, I'm Irish. I adapt, you bitch. <laughs> that was the worst Irish accent ever. That but, was shameful,
0: uh, especially for someone of Irish descent,
1: I know, but, oh, uh, dude, it
0: was so cool. And then, you know, so the station's throwing hands with this massive fleet, and then and it got the holds
1: device. up the effects. They're so good. They were good. 25 years later. They were really good. Years, in standard definition, by the way. I'm watching this on an HD screen but with a standard definition video source, and it's still, it, it looks good, it's convincing, and it keep, it doesn't take you out of it.
0: Oh, God. It was a total nerdgasm
1: watching that happen.
0: Oh, in real, then, in real time then? Oh, my God. Uh, I
1: sat there going, what can't they do now? As
0: they're setting up the minefield, you're like, oh, shit. The, de- the defiance yep. like, going to get smoked. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, wait. I, we forgot. Here's Martok on the... Yeah, on here the retar- comes Martok. <laughs> he cloaks and he... He's in his, all of his Martak glories. <laughs> <there laughs> like, pew,
1: pew, 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 You finish setting up the minefield. I will handle the Hadar. And it's like, today is a good day to yeah. die. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, Soldiers of the Empire or how Martok got his groove back, you know? yeah. <laughs> so that was, you get that and then it's like, okay, hey, I, and I don't understand exactly this part because it's ridiculous, but it's like, oh, okay, the minefield set up. They're still shooting at the station, but they have enough time for like both ships to like dock at the station and pick up the remaining Starfleet crew and, and Worf goes on the return and like as they're like the, at the Airlocks. Dax is like, I'll marry you, Wharf. And he's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, they go to their separate ships and they take off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what don't you understand about this? Like, the they had time the to do fight, this? It's
0: just like, yeah, just roll up. No, there. because like, they have 6,000
1: okay. photon torpedoes.
0: Yeah, and the two ships are be able to get through the. They couldn't get
1: through the shields, and, and, you know, you got phaser banks that are, you got rotating phaser banks that are going through.
0: It is ridiculous. The two ships show (laughs) up going through the Dominion fleet to get there. Cloaking device or not, that's still a raw deal. Yeah. needless to say, barrels of fun. Absolutely loved it. They take off. They're fighting their way out. Then they cloak, and then the shoe drops. Jake stayed on fucking D. Oh, I
1: nine. know. I and know. Kira
0: flips the switch and shuts the entire station down. And it's her, uh, Udo, and Quark are sauntering up to like Dukat and Wayoon as they show up. And they're like, hey. On
1: behalf, on behalf well, of the Bajoran government, we welcome you to D Space Nine and and, and Gold Decacos, you mean Tarok Nor? <laughs> That that leads to that, yeah. And then we we discovered Jake, because uh, yeah. not because uh, because uh-huh. Rom is there, and he's a spy, and he tells his brother not so quietly, by the way, because you know Morn is there. Nor- uh, Morn, God damn it, M- Morn is there, and he can hear everything.
0: <laughs> oh, no. but Morn won't say anything, even though apparently he is a blabbermouth.
1: Yes, apparently. But the best, the best part of that episode, which, I mean, there are so many bests, right?
0: You mean what when Ducott walks into Cisco's office and sees the Absolutely.
1: baseball there? Yup. And what does Yoon say? Yoon says, what does it mean? As Dukat picks up the baseball. And he goes, what does it mean, Way it means that Cisco says he's going to be back. Or, no, I'm sorry. It means... It's a
0: message from Cisco. It's
1: a message from Cisco.
0: He's saying he'll be... He's he'll coming be back.
1: back. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was, it was really good. <laughs> it was good. Now, of course, no one shoots uh, uh, scenery on Deep Space uh, Nine quite as good as Marco Lamo as Gold Ducat.
1: Oh, my God. Did you, did you know that he appeared on a Providence Public Access show? discussing star trek
0: no but great he
1: did he did back in like 98 like he he showed up it was a public access it was the public access channel and i remember him he was here in providence he probably could have been there for like a comic-con or something that you know wasn't well advertised back then or everything but it was
2: uh,
0: ferengi Con 98 don't you remember
1: oh my god yeah i mean who forgets the who forgets the lobes there um, but he was he was talking to uh, cuz i used to watch this public access channel for this show because it was detailed in the providence journal when tng was going off the air a reporter for the providence journal literally talked about this show. And I'm like, oh, I got to find the show. But I lived in Massachusetts and I had no access. And then I found it when I finally moved to Rhode Island. And Mark Lamo was interviewed for a full goddamn hour about this. Like. <laughs> well, it's funny like,
0: some... when you when you realize he was like 50 <laughs> episodes and you're like, seems like there was more.
1: It, you would think. But it was literally, I mean, literally a Providence townie. Was interviewing Mark Alemo. Uh,
0: he was great, and, man.
1: And this in this Providence town, he was, literally had the Star Trek encyclopedia up in front of him going, All right, Gull, go, go. Looking up Gold to Cop. Because he knew Gold to Cop, but he wanted to read the credentials. And then they realized that it doesn't go by the title, it goes by the name of the character. And they were like, Oh, it's in the D section. That's right. I remember that. Like.
0: <laughs> you know what, Khan might be the greatest villain, the most famous villain, I guess, Yeah. but I think the best villain in all of Star Trek
1: was called I mean, Oh,
0: was my just... God. I mean, he he
1: wasn't he wasn't necessarily a villain. He was an antagonist.
0: Oh by the end of the series he was a straight up villain dude.
1: Well, yes, but but you saw his path,
0: right? Oh, and he had some he had a he had a great turn. like he was veering towards maybe becoming maybe a, a friend or an ally anyway, an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Like when he decided, well, fuck this, you know, I kind of when he when he basically when he rescued Zial and decided not to murder her, he became disgraced. Right. And then when they offered him his old job back, but they wouldn't go fight the Klingons, he said, fuck you. And he took his stolen bird of prey and went on a one-ship war against the Klingons <laughs>
2: yeah, he to defend,
0: did. to defeat them for Cardassia.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you
0: know, he kind of would show up occasionally on Deep Space Nine and help him out with shit. And that was, you kind of see Dukat take it. Was he taking a hero turn? Are we starting to like Gold Ducat as and the writer's an like,
2: individual? No!
1: <laughs> you thought he was, but he's not because he's bringing the Dominion into the Alpha Quadrant.
2: Oh, it such, right.
0: a, <laughs> such a great that, that was another. That was a great plot twist.
1: That is good writing, my friend. Oh, it was so good. Was such good writing. It is because enjoyable. I mean, you see and you understand his motivations. Like in Zial, the death of Zial ultimately makes him unhinged, and that's when he becomes a villain. A villain because he doesn't have anyone to ground him anymore. Yeah. Right.
0: Oh yeah. Do you no. agree with
1: that assessment?
0: His daughter killed by his protege.
1: Yeah. By uh. Whoa, whoa, oh God. He phases her mar- right in the chest. Yeah, Damar shot, shot her right in the DeMar chest. Demar
0: had a really good arc, going from like just a guy, background uh, guy, going guy in the background, tough, Captain, you know, to becoming the leader of Cardassia, to actually becoming Free the leader Cardassia!
2: of the <laughs> or Cardassia, it or
1: Cardassia, or Cardassia, yeah. Like, oh man, he didn't survive the. He didn't survive that war, did he?
0: No, he I think got he died. gunned down on the gate of the. Of uh, Dominion headquarters,
1: yeah, you know, the DeTapa Council.
0: <laughs> no, by that time it was just Dominion headquarters. Man. I know,
1: but the building for the DeTapa Council. But yeah, um, uh,
0: you know, he he got his hero's <laughs> death, his romantic, you know, I mean, it he was himself. He was he got to be very he was very annoying early on, but he got better and better.
1: I liked I liked the arc. All right, we're not talking about any specific episode, but then they, they show like the when, when he's in charge. Yeah, when he's in charge of Cardassia, but he knows that he's not really in charge of Card- Cardassia. Like he starts hitting the bottle real a lot. hard, Bang, a lot.
0: banging chicks. Yeah, yeah. He's always that loose women. In like the-
1: I mean, I, I mean at that point he's like, "Well, I have nothing to live for because I have no power." Like th- these guys tell me what to do. So I might as well just get my kicks while I can. Oh yeah. And then he gets a purpose with the resistance. Oh yeah, and, then, and and then that's when we see the best of Demar. Like because before then, before then, he was just he was a yes man and a follower and then a drunk and then he someone was, with a purpose.
0: He was also kind of an arrogant prick too.
1: Well, he learned that lesson pretty quick, didn't he? Oh, he still God. had some of it in, in, in him in the end when he was sucking up to what was it, uh, Goldicott's mother?
0: No, it was Garrick's housekeeper or whatever. Oh, she Garrick's was, housekeeper, she that's was, right. She yeah. was an abrantain's housekeeper. And sometimes I wonder if she was actually Garrick's mother.
1: That's where I that's where I got I got confused with that. I, I assumed that, that was that was Goldicott's mother.
0: Well, he was also ever the politician.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: but still,
0: you're nice to little old ladies, people aren't going to hate you too much.
1: No. But he ate all the food that she gave him. And and she lectured Kira <laughs> for not eating what was provided.
0: No, she lectured Garrick.
1: Oh, it was Garrick. And Damar Demar ate all the food. That's right. Yeah. All of his servings, by the way. Uh, Damar's own servings. I'm not trying to say that he stole Garrick's servings, but it
0: was (laughs) well, one you know, that Dominion resist the the Cardassian resistant arc was pretty cool because it basically starts off like where he lets Worf and Esri Dax Jedzia Dax's replacement gets captured, you know, towards this was right at the start of the end. Of Deep Space Nine, seven season, season seven. Yeah, I think it was part of that ten-hour run. There, I think it was like right yeah. at the beginning, and Damar lets them go and gives a gives a mess. He's like, give a message to Starfleet. You have friends on the inside. That's when. That's when, uh, especially when the Breen come in late in the war. And, yeah, and they came oh, in
1: during that that arc, right? Right. It's like that
0: whole run, and that's another reason that pushed Damar over the edge is because Cardassia was losing influence even to the Breen on their own fucking planet.
1: Yep. So, wait, the Breen did a Jimmy Doolittle attack on San Francisco. Right. During They're, that arc, right?
0: Yep. They come out, they they disguise their ships, they, they make it to Earth, and they launch an attack on uh, Starfleet headquarters. And yep. Most of their, I think most of their ships were destroyed, but it was basically a,
1: it was a morale destroyer. Well, it was a, it was a terror,
0: it was a terror attack.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the brain have point. only
0: been like background names and then like two other episodes where they're actually shown. Then it becomes. And then, then they're just like, oh yeah. These guys are actually really a big deal. Like what? Where the
1: fuck did these guys? Yeah. From? Did we? Where did we see? Did we see Breen ships?
0: Never. I feel shipped. like they.
1: We never saw the Breen ships, did we?
0: We'd heard about Breen raiders, privateers, but yeah, seen anything. The first and never time, during
1: the big the big battles. We never saw Breen ships, right? No. Oh.
0: And and the first time you see them was in. Uh, when they try, when they go to. What well, that's what
1: I'm asking. Did they we see think them they, after they were introduced?
0: Yeah, they went to um. Take they had the energy weapons during the second battle. Oh, the neutron.
1: Battle. Yeah, the neutron torpedoes. That's right. Which you coined. That's the term you coined.
0: Yeah, they they had an <laughs> energy dampening weapon. These these guys who hide in uh in like uh an environmental suit with the with a helmet that's very reminiscent of the helmet Princess Leia wore to sneak into Jabba the Hutt's palace.
1: Oh, you're absolutely right.
0: With the same
1: I wonder kind of I I wonder if they bought those to save money.
0: Well, there was only one and I, I it it looked after a while, you know, particularly I mean,
1: you saw maybe two or three breen in one scene at some point.
0: You saw two or three breen in in an uh, in the episode where Kira helps Dukat rescue Zial, yeah, this is true. And then you see the lone Breen in uh, in the prison camp with Garrett, Worf, Bashir, and Martok.
1: Right. Which apparently they don't need that suit I at know. all. If Which I wish S- they didn't you- say that.
0: If you read any of the beta canon, it turns out the Breen are kind of like, almost like another a small federation. It's like a group of different types of alien races that they put on the suits, so they're all Breen.
1: They all look Breen, like that's their that's their identity. They're Breen. But the
0: the rumor is it's because it's so cold on Breen. But there's like that's
1: not. It's tem- like, quite temperate.
3: It's like a,
0: do- a dozen races or something that make up the Breen Confederacy. It was actually a pretty good add to the uh, species arc. It kind of makes goes with that mystery that they have.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I can understand that, but I wish they explained that more in Deep Space Nine rather than the beta canon. You know?
0: They brought him in so late, it was really hard to.
1: Well, then why but, bring it up at all? Like, that why why bring that that, that that point up?
0: For fun, for world building. Uh, it happened. Look, dude, <laughs> don't read too much into it. it. They were added, but they didn't feel shitty and cheap when they added the Breen at the end.
1: No. They, it they was did not, a pretty not, and good and the, Breen twist felt, the Breen felt formidable.
0: They did. And because they were, if this was a brand new race that we'd never heard of, that would have been shitty. But because we'd heard about them. Like a the Zen Zen mystery I
2: meme, mean.
0: <laughs> You've already had an entire episode about how you hate that. So.
1: But, but you're right. I mean, you're a, absolutely right. They mentioned the Breen.
0: They were mentioned in the next generation. They were mentioned in, in like the Ferengi always seemed to run a Colder than between. a
1: Breen icicle. Like I mean, you got an idea of what the culture of what the Breen were supp- supposedly right. thought of, right?
0: Oh yeah, it um, it was nuts. But uh, the Breen energy weapon, and they have these like greenish, almost like fanged looking ships. Yeah, and this in and, and it, it basically this was to show that, that while the Federation, Klingons, and Romulans. Thought that they were getting ready to make a push for victory. You know, they were starting to take the offensive. Yeah,
2: the Breen. And
0: and then the <laughs> Breen come in and, like, completely get <laughs> the rug out from under him.
1: Tilt the balance. It,
0: what was the line from, like, uh, Inferno's Light? My people have a saying, never turn your back on a Breen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. And there you go. that's so good oh my god you're right that 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 saying from that one episode plays into season seven but they turned the back on the breed
0: exactly it was (laughs) deep space nine deserves your attention
1: it does deserves your praise it does, and it has.
0: Shits upon your scorn with impunity.
1: Mm. I don't scorn DS9. Not you. You. Oh, the, 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 the global you. Oh, I got, yeah. you. I got you.
0: Deep Space Nine doesn't give a shit about your opinion. <laughs> All you need to do is watch in the pale moonlight.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God we talked about that already, right?
0: Possibly one of the greatest episodes of Star Trek ever.
1: Yeah, all might,
0: ex- it might have been one of the best T- TV hours of the 1990s.
3: I agree.
1: I agree. I rewatched it and I mean, it's basically uh Garrick is playing the devil. And, and and Cisco essentially has sold his soul to the devil to make it so that the Federation can have the Romulans come back in. And Garrick doesn't, he doesn't hide it either. He's like, you wanted to get your hands dirty without getting them dirty.
0: You knew what I could do. You knew what I could were going do. to do when I, you asked me to do this, yeah. Yes.
3: But My you can with
0: Oh,
1: and that end, so it
0: was so good.
1: He starts doubting himself.
0: And, but then he looks, he's like, I can't live with it. And then he just mic he's, drops. Computer, drop, delete, it, delete entire delete. personal log. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <sighs> black, black screen right there. Like just gone.
0: Holding, holding a uh, drink right there. Yeah. I think it could have made it better if it was a brown liquor plinking in the glass like every scene on archer
2: yeah
1: (laughs) now he's drinking that straight i think
0: (laughs) it's supposed to be water
1: was it supposed to be water
0: oh i probably
3: oh well but still
0: all right so so riddle me this
3: okay Could Kirk, Picard, or Janeway
0: lead the Federation to victory in the Dominion War? No. Knowing full well that Jean-Luc Picard did participate in the Dominion War.
1: I know, but we don't know what extent, do we? There's Beta Canon, I'm sure, but... What is the beta canon on Picard participating in the Dominion War?
0: They, uh, they, they did some, on the official beta canon, they, the Enterprise was involved with a few battles, obviously the, the whole best of the best going to recruit allies, um, one point i think they got tied up they were trying to recruit the gorn to the side of the federation mm. and were there when the gorn this was a pretty fascinating comic book the gorn um rebelled or the gorn, there was a gorn coup attempted coup oh um, an uprising course. on the
1: planet corn which and might that, not be named Gorn. yes
0: and uh, that that led to the Enterprise getting caught in the middle of that. Uh, there was some. Uh, it was, you know, that like the beginning of insurrection was like the Federation using the Enterprise
1: as a as a diplomat to to Real, recruit. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. And and actually re- re- remind me, you might not remember, but your memory has certainly glowed when it comes to Star Trek lore. That race that that they, yeah, tip of the cap, I I gotta admit. That race that they admitted at the beginning of Insurrection, what value did they add? Was it for Dilithium, or was it for um, (laughs) Ketracell White Minerals or something?
0: Uh, No. The Sona were the ones who helped make Ketracell White. They were actually allies of the Dominion.
1: They were, that's right, yeah. The, well, they, get, uh, they, they sold... The, they the sold. little people, the Avora they were
0: basically, they were trying you to... You knew their
1: them. name. God damn. The one scene, that's all we've ever seen of them. You And you knew that they were called the Avora.
0: Yeah, I don't know how I remember that. They weren't overly remarkable aside from being... It's gotta be to your standard. army
1: training. It's gotta be, right?
0: Observe and report, my friend.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm thinking.
0: So, I mean, I think they were just trying to, like, bolster the Federation, you know, opening more diplomat, uh, you know, more uh, resources, more worlds, possibly people who could, could. I don't recall exactly what it was. They, these This was a race that had literally only achieved warp drive, like, a year before.
1: Right. So like, like, I mean, they had to have had to have been dilithium crystals or something like that. They had available.
2: They
0: they had to have had something. You're right.
1: They had some resource on their planet that <coughs> sure was mentioned in insurrection. That no, briefly, briefly,
0: but and the Sona did get a shout out in like one or two episodes of Deep Space Nine towards the end of the series.
1: Oh, I don't recall that
0: because they were. They were kind of a Dominion ally.
1: Yeah, a was small they... contingent of an ally, by the way. Yeah, but a powerful ship.
0: Well, that was <laughs> even after the the end of insurrection, too. It wasn't like right around the same time. It was like towards the. It was it was a Yeah, later that's right. Episode. The
2: end
1: of the war. The end of the war happened after insurrection, when Ruafa was 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 uh, killed.
0: The great F. Murray Abraham, who <laughs> is back in sci-fi nerd legend by playing the voice of Kanchu in Moon
1: Knight. Oh, that is him. It is. Oh, that's but right. Probably his
0: most famous role is in No, nope, don't quiz me. He played Salieri. Mozart's rival in Don't Amadeus.
2: Hit me.
1: Don't hit me with that cultured shit.
0: I had to watch it for, I think it was like English class or something. but
1: I feel like first. I remember you talking about having to watch that for English class. It was
0: actually very good.
1: <laughs> was it for eighth grade? I feel uh, like it was, it was for like, eighth grade. Uh, like I
0: think freshman or sophomore year of high school. But it was a very good movie. That oh, being said. man. F. Murray Abraham. Pretty good at playing a dirtbag.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's uh, good. He's great. He was fantastic. Just an underdeveloped villain. In Insurrection
0: a, um... had uh, an interesting cast. I mean, I'll, I'll grant you this. In most of the Trek movies, they have had pretty solid actors as their villains.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You have Ricardo Montalban, who is forever con. Yep. Christopher Lloyd in Star Trek 3. Yep. You didn't really have a villain in Star Trek 4.
1: No. That was the Norwegians in the Pacific Ocean for some reason.
0: Yes. <laughs> the, I guess Cyborg. Lawrence Luckinbill is Cyborg.
2: He
1: was an antagonist. He wasn't yeah. a villain.
2: He was According good, to Brinker,
1: the critical drinker does a like a five minute rundown on Star Trek Five. I, I suggest you watch it; it's good.
0: But then you have the great Christopher Palmer uh, as the main villain of Undiscovered Country. Plus,
1: cry havoc and let the dogs of war let loose the dogs of let's war. Let slip
0: the dogs of war. Let
1: us slip the dogs of war. I am not a Shakespearean.
0: Neither am I, but I just watched The Undiscovered Country about two weeks ago. Well,
1: <laughs> god damn it. Of course you did.
0: <laughs> it's just so good, man.
1: It's a great that's my favorite of all the original Star Trek movies.
0: It was so like, good.
1: And there are and great, hell,
0: the great Brock Peters as the secondary antagonist.
1: Yes. And yes.
0: Admiral Cartwright, who, by the way, wow. loved him Sisko, as Joseph yeah. Sisko. Yeah. As great as Joseph Sisko.
1: So good. Oh, man. I mean, God damn.
0: Then you just follow up with Generations with Malcolm McDowell, who was in Mm -hmm. Clockwork Orange
2: and Mm -hmm.
0: all sorts of other really bizarre movies. He plays a good bad guy, too.
1: But then you had had, Alice Krieg was an unknown, wasn't she?
0: Maybe to us because I think she's Danish or something.
1: But it was it was um, James Cromwell that was the big get for that movie.
0: And Viola Davis.
1: I know Viola Davis just uh, completely outshone him. Hey, I I
0: love James Cromwell. I thought he was a pretty good Zephyrin Cochran.
1: Oh, he was great. He was he was fantastic. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade him for the world. And they actually were able to get him for the pilot of Enterprise, which was a, a, a wide shot, by the way. So you couldn't see him that well. But
0: <laughs> well, it's it, it's kind of this. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't Viola Davis. It was Alfre Woodard who played Lily Sloan. Oh,
1: my God. And I agreed with you. God, damn Alfre
0: it. Woodard, though, she's excellent, too.
1: No, uh, Alfre Alfrey Woodard, I I mean, everything I said about previously still applies because that was her I was thinking of. Yes. So
0: she son was of a bitch. It, She was in Captain America Civil War and in um
1: She was in oh, she um, was
0: great in Luke she Cage. She was in
1: uh, uh, Luke Cage, yeah. Oh,
0: she was so good in Luke she Cage. She was
1: brilliant in Luke Cage. And by the way, that character doesn't exist now in the MCU. Like just Oh, well,
0: I mean, she's yeah, dead. Yeah,
1: I know. I know. <laughs> or, or is she dead? Oh, no, she killed. God. She killed Cottonmouth.
0: She did. Mahershala Ali, who was awful yeah. great
1: in that. Oh my God, Mahershala Ali. I mean, the problem with Luke Cage was it started out great and had a great angle, and then at episode seven or eight, it just went ninety degrees with the death of Cottonmouth, and then Diamondback comes in. As like, well, was, what are you talking about here? A much like,
0: version. I loved Cottonmouth. He was so good.
1: Cottonmouth was a better villain. Ooh, Not even a villain. He think? was an antagonist. He wasn't a villain. Do
0: you think Mahershala Ali, if we were going to reboot He's Deep Blade Space now, Nine? now, isn't he? He is. But do you think if they were to reboot Deep Space Nine, do you think he would be a good Ben Cisco? Ooh.
3: Ooh, man.
0: Um, Bringing it back, man.
1: Bringing it back. I'm going to qualify this. I'm going to qualify this.
0: Mike Coulter might not be.
1: Al, I know. Mike Coulter is a different kind of uh, a character actor. Orf? Could he be Worf? No. You're not. But.
2: Too I understated. Will say this.
1: Mike Coulter is too understated. My, uh, Michael Dorn knew how to ham it up when he could.
0: Oh, tell me he would love when he got to play Regent Wharf in Deep Space Nine's Mirror. Oh, oh, I know.
1: Oh, I know. I know. I know. I know. But, um... all right, I'll say this Mahershal Ali would be a decent replacement for Cisco. But well, no, no one one's
0: saying he could ever can replace
1: Avery Brooks. No one with that power and and that. that that presence.
0: Oh my God. If we're going to talk about deep space nine, I think, you know, we've talked about the dominion war arc and how just it, it broke so many molds for star Trek. Oh yeah. Long running serials, episode serials, long running story arcs and the horrors of war. Which Mm -hmm. would get an episode here and there in previous Trek. And then the you Enterprise mean, would just fly off away from it.
1: And you yourself, you yourself admit this is a good representation.
0: It's not bad.
1: I mean, it's not the real thing, but the it's, a, it's a decent representation is, of what the You would hell almost is. expect
0: to see something like the Siege of AR-558 now. Now, I'm sure it was probably based on some Vietnam-type shit.
2: Well,
1: that's okay. Uh, because I didn't have much of that in between.
0: No, it was so good. I love this. I I, I love that episode. It is, a, it is a hard watch, though. You know, but it's one that I will occasionally get in the mood for to watch.
1: You know why? Because it fucks with the audience, too. Because the audience is like, oh, you know what? I understand they're a little stressed out from, from a civilian standpoint, you know? They're a little stressed out. They've oh. got a lot of stuff coming towards them, and then they, and then the the those bombs that just randomly explode, and the then Houdini. they figure out how to the Houdinis, and then they figure out how to decloak all the Houdinis, and one is right next to the, the 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 team that uncloaked all of them.
0: It's kind of like in those old war movies where they're like, "Wait, hold on!" and he's like just about to step on a landmine or or trip over a tripwire or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you just realized how close you were to being, you know, eviscerated. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. It was so
0: good. And, of course, that had a great sci-fi guest role in the Billy the,
2: movie.
0: Billy Mooney, who has been three deep in, in in sci-fi legends, when you think about it. He was... Will Robinson as a child actor in, in the cl- cult classic Lost, Lost in Space. Space. Which I loved.
1: A... Did you ever watch that show?
0: I've, I'd have seen it. You know, it was okay. It was cheesy.
1: It was. But it was perfect for someone who was like 12. And, and needed to fill their sci-fi until Star Trek The Next Generation came out at 6 p.m.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he was on, he was near on Babylon 5 for... Five yeah. years. He was great on that. And then he gets this one episode role in Deep Space Nine as this site, you know, as this Starfleet engineer who's trying to figure out how to crack the communication thing. It was yep. great. It, it was great.
1: I feel like that they had to kill him off because he was associated with B B five. Like, I mean, honestly, like, they had to guarantee that he was a one-episode uh, uh, wonder.
0: I think it was just because of the rivalry with Deep Space Nine and Babylon 5. Well, that's
1: what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. I feel like they had to show that he died so that they could not... so that they can guarantee he was never going to come back because I would have loved to see him come back to Deep Space Nine. He showed himself to be a pretty competent engineer
0: oh yeah but he really should have done is he should have worked for miles o'brien because he was kind of oh. like a, a miles o'brien light
1: oh very much so yes absolutely but miles o'brien's also a soldier and he was just an engineer
0: miles o'brien hated what he became because of that
3: well yes
0: we, you guys, you've already heard our our love of Paul Mini as Miles O'Brien,
1: <laughs> and he was brilliant in "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." His most recent—he's
0: uh, generally brilliant appearance. in everything. And was he was so
1: great. I don't know if you ever saw those episodes. Did you?
0: I'm not a big sunny guy. It's okay.
1: Oh, it's okay. I don't play. I don't judge you. I understand.
0: But the rest of the cast. Was a great get too. When you look at Kira, which was I guess originally designed to be Ro Laren, being transferred from the Enterprise, which would have been an interesting take. Ro Laren,
1: she would have had like less ties to Bajor. I feel like.
0: Well, she was always at odds with her religion and her heritage, which is interesting.
1: Exactly, which is one of the reasons why.
0: Was, Who very was very
1: re- religious and very tied to her Bajoran roots.
0: It was, which is good. Is it's like okay, it wasn't just a carbon copy. Kira Nerys is a fantastic character, and
1: I love her. Yeah,
0: so well acted. No, our visitor. Just crushed it, and she. When she could when she would put on the the intendant Kira from the mirror universe. <laughs> Talk about a scenery chewing villain. Somebody yeah. allowing to I've had Easter dinners that didn't have that much ham.
1: God damn, that's a lot of ham.
0: Oh god, yes. She's <laughs> so, so good. And, but herself is right as righteous and vengeful Kira. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, is she so good. So strong. So powerful.
1: She almost killed her mother. For being a collaborator, quote unquote.
0: But you know what? I think her relationship with Odo was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I mean, we've talked about the idea of Kira and the thoughts of her being a quote unquote terrorist.
2: Slash freedom
1: fighter, and unre and she is. She's an unrepentant terrorist against the Cardassians. Which is why it
0: was so good during the, the 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 Cardassian resistance to send Kira to teach them, and they put her in a Starfleet uniform, which was yeah, like,
1: they had to, and they had to put her in a Starfleet uniform, wait, wait. a uniform that fit her way too well. By the way, like yeah, it I mean it was really tight. Like if I felt it was yeah, more tight was than Jadzia's.
0: Yeah, and, and Terry Farrell is quite tall, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, a, and like a beanpole, kind of, you know? I mean...
0: I, I don't know like how tall she was if you watched her in her wedding. Arm,
1: arm length and stuff like that. She had long appendages. I'm not saying, like...
0: The, the best part is when you realize that, like, earlier in, in the series, like... Dax is, like, towering over Kira, and then you realize they had to put Kira in, like, lifts so she could even yeah. get close to Dax.
1: She's wearing these, like, four-inch heels that are, like, oh, gotcha. three inches wide, by the way. Oh, they were huge.
0: <laughs> Kira's uniforms got... definitely looked like they got more comfortable, like, when they hit season four, and it was not no longer she like... She got the, pregnant. Oh, no, no, no. Remember when she had, like, the... Practically Romulan type shoulder pads that were.
1: Like, oh yeah, yeah.
0: And but. But then she had the more. Yeah. I, it was pretty form fitting, but it was it definitely looked like it had to be more comfortable than the uh, the, the first one.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: The many hair the the many hairstyles of Kira Nurse too.
1: She had quite a few too. <laughs> but.
0: She is definitely, I would say she's more I'd say she could possibly be more the most feminine icon of the class of the uh Berman era Trex when you think about her. She was tough, she was no bullshit, she was smart, but she could still be a, a woman, but she was also a soul. a yeah,
3: relationship.
1: Long term <laughs> right. relationships. Three. Yep, yeah, three three long term relationships. And she gave birth.
0: Mm-hmm. that was a bizarre explanation. Gotta love it. You gotta love it. Oh.
1: Oh.
0: An accident happens to Kira uh, to Keiko and Kira's the only one. And so they implant the O'Brien's baby into Kira.
1: But that was that was change that was the Changeling Doctor who did that.
0: <laughs> was it maybe?
1: No. You know what? Well, maybe not.
0: I thought it was season Shoot. 4, wasn't it? Season- it might
1: have been season 4, but it was season it- 5 where the the birth took place. It was after you know what, it wasn't the changeling doctor. It was it was the original doctor who did that. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was so like four fun. or five episodes the changeling doctor was around, so. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, let's just put it this way. If you ever look at anything, that was definitely a weird Left turn. That that was a creative way to cover a pregnancy, <laughs> <laughs> but it worked pretty good because it science allowed, fiction,
1: it, it, man. <laughs> it allowed some
0: pretty fun interactions between O'Brien and Kira.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? You know what? Really? Okay, can we get into this because I.
0: I could do I Deep Space Nine for like five more of these episodes. Right? I know That's you how could. much I love Deep Space Nine.
1: I know you could. We probably got like seven, ten minutes maybe at best left. But
0: right, fifteen, got it.
1: But what I what I'm thinking, I didn't like I understood the closeness that Kira had with with O'Brien, Chief O'Brien, as she was pregnant and everything. What I didn't understand Was him being able to massage her muscles and give her, give her, you know, foot massages, leg massages and stuff, helping her out of the tub. You know how a pregnant woman is. I know how a pregnant woman is. I've never had to help my pregnant wife. Twice pregnant. Out of the tub.
0: Look, dude. Let's just put it this way. It,
1: it, it was, but no, what O'Brien did. O'Brien, O'Brien helped Kira out of the tub, seeing her in all Kira's birthday suit glory. Mind you, pregnant. So, you know, there's like a, a less estual aspect behind it, but.
0: Maybe not. Maybe that's O'Brien's kick.
1: Um, there are there are there are kinks yes but i didn't like that i didn't i didn't like that they had him so close to her in that way cuz it was unnecessary and even even as a 15 year old watching it or a 19 year old or 18 year old i i, took I, it I for found the that unnecessary that
0: was. i took it for the cheese that there was
1: you took it i i didn't and we can disagree there i mean it's not a big deal but but still, I, I it was a, like... it was
0: a creative way to hide a pregnancy or to uh, not hide it, but acknowledge a pregnancy from somebody. Yeah. who's not in, like. Was it was it an odd choice? Sure, but it was, it was
1: creative. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll support that creative idea all day. That was a great idea. I mean, she got pregnant by uh, Siddig Al-Fadil, otherwise known as Alexander Siddig. And...
0: <laughs> they who, by the way, has gone on to, to have a killer acting career.
1: Uh, Alexander Siddig? Oh, yeah. Well, I know he was in Game of Thrones. I haven't seen him in anything else other than, what was it, Syriana?
0: He was in Siriana. He was in, like, Suriana, in, he was in Kingdom something. of Heaven. He was great in Kingdom of he Heaven. He was in
1: Kingdom of Heaven? I yeah. have that DVD.
0: I think he was, I think he was in 24,
1: by the way.
0: Yeah, it is. I think he might've been in 24. I know he was in strike back. Of course he, he has played a few terrorists, but he's also, he's, he's had a great career. i full, i thoroughly enjoy any time he shows up in shows. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He, he, I, I gotta be honest, I was disappointed in his role in Game of Thrones because they didn't show him be a real actor at all.
0: No, like, they, they, he, he they barely really,
1: said anything and he was killed.
0: Boom, they bot- was they botched the Dorn storyline pretty bad.
1: Oh, it was terrible. Oh, yeah. And you could tell that they filmed a lot more than they aired. A okay. whole lot more than what they aired. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you don't you don't book Sid for just like seven minutes of screen time and that's it. And I'm being generous; it's probably like two and a half. But
0: yeah, needless anyway. to say, it was. Um, he was a good casting choice. I know that he had actually tried out for the role of Cisco, but he was so young and fresh-faced that they. Like, no, why don't you try for this guy? Yeah. I mean.
1: And I remember I found him in in incessant. <laughs> he was. Irritating.
0: in the he was. Season,
1: he really grew.
0: Irritating. He really grew and he was a. Principal doctor, he was. And when he finally grew into himself, but the scenes with him and you know, Brian were always fun. Yeah,
1: <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about this real quick the the episode when we discover that he that that uh Bashir was genetically modified.
0: Dr.
3: Apparently, Shier, I presume apparently is the name Alec- of the episode.
0: Apparently, Alexander Siddig did not like that twist.
1: Oh, he didn't. No. I didn't know that. Really, why?
0: Because they sprung it on him right before the episode. There was no build-up to it, so he was kind of ticked oh. about it.
1: Well, he was pissed that whole episode, so it kind of paid off.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, by the way, know. great great, came- uh, great uh, guest role by Robert Picardo playing the irascible, douchey...
1: Dr. Harriman?
0: Yeah, Doctor um, uh, Lewis no, Zimmerman.
1: Was Zimmerman, Zimmerman. Yeah.
0: Yep. So it was. It was in a love was...
1: triangle with Rom, with Lita, <laughs> yeah. asking Lita to move with him to Jupiter Station after oh, yeah. what, three days or four days. I mean, dang. Yeah.
0: It was. Uh, it was interesting.
1: That's a different time, by the way. <laughs> But. Um, but Dr. Shearer, I presume I found that I, I loved that episode because I, I love the idea that they explored because we're, we're now on the cusp. We're at, we're at the CRISPR stage in technology where we can literally manipulate human genomes. We got another five minutes left. I know you do.
0: Um, I've got it I got plenty in me, man. Don't worry. <laughs> this this is a topic that I could still sink my teeth into uh, again.
1: It just depends on oh you're not working tomorrow, right? I am. Oh you I are.
0: did I didn't right. work yesterday, so I'm I have more energy. You're a little fresh. But I can't I can't argue I fucking love this show. Yes. Okay. There is just not enough time in our podcast to just go how deep into this show we probably would want to Dr. Bashir I presume added it a distinction was into the character
2: it
1: was an angle that was never expected because they never ever talked about genetic manipulation in the federation outside of the of Khan
0: Basically, any time they would bring it up, it's like, oh, well, you're going to have another con on your hand. And everybody's like, no, not another con.
1: And and that was barely ever talked about, if right. at all. Like clones, like, right? Like They talked about clones like that. That's that's genetic manipulation in and of itself. And and Riker straight up killed his clone. In the second season episode where he's talking about oh, it's my body, life. it's my right, you know. You know, which was a pro, you know, pro-abortion thing. It was very like, messy. The, it was a messy. It's a messy episode. But. um, But we see that Julian was behind. Mentally and 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 physically, he couldn't he couldn't keep up with his peers. And then what would any parent do? They would do everything they could to make sure that their child had that next step up in life. Maybe not be the best, but at least give them a fighting chance. You know, no parent would take would pass that up. No one. And we saw that. You're 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 analyzing that statement, and I would like to know what your thoughts are about that.
0: I mean, let's be honest. Your goal as a parent is to give your kids the best life possible. Absolutely. To give them a good foundation. Mm -hmm. The best life education doesn't have to be school, but the best life education, the best way to prepare them for the harsh realities of the real world. Okay. Yep. And if you could go ahead and give your kid perfect sight with laser eye surgery, would you do it? Yeah. If you could go ahead and cure your kid's asthma with a couple of injections, that would flip the switch and you no longer have asthma. Would you do Done. it? Done.
1: Asthma and is this, that's miserable basically
0: condition. that's what they're saying with this is yep. they're able to somehow genetically enhance him so that he was faster, stronger, smarter, less flatulent.
1: Not necessarily charming. S- stronger, but more dexterous, more, more in reflexion. control of his body.
0: Well, that's one of the reasons why he he, and, he was one of the few people who were able to uh, play baseball against the Vulcans well, right?
1: Yeah, he was. Did they show that? Did they show that he could hit, well, hit against the, the Vulcans? Basically
0: they said, uh, you know, aside from Mr. Wharf and our genetically enhanced doctor, uh, you are yeah. all at a Yeah, they did, disadvantage. Say, that. <laughs> they did let me, say that. Let me say this. Take me out to the hollow suite. When you, like, see a dude forced to wear, like, Ferengi makeup or Klingon makeup and then a baseball
2: mm-hmm.
3: uniform,
1: it, it
0: it just lends to ridiculousness.
1: Here's what I got to say about ridiculousness. They filmed that on location at a baseball diamond where you couldn't see Los Angeles smog at all. Now you tell me where that ridiculousness came from because my God at that time, Los Angeles smog was not going anywhere. It was very rare to have that clear day, but they pulled it off. Yeah, which I'm thinking that they went. They drove up into the Valencia area, the Canyon Country area, and a local high school. There, like halfway between Los Angeles. That was and a really well
0: kept field. That's better looking than most high school fields. I would very
1: well. It was very. But a lot of those, a lot, a lot of those schools do that. Oh my God, we've got schools out here. There's a a five field softball complex at the local. Uh, uh, High school here.
0: Take me out to the hollow suite. A douchey Vulcan challenges Cisco to a baseball game.
1: Oh, my God. And I fucking hate that Vulcan. I hate him. Was it Saval? Not Saval. It's um
0: Solok or something like Solok.
1: that. Solok. It's an S. S name. Yeah.
0: Oh, he's such God. An he's, asshole. he's Vulcan arrogant. He, he, doesn't, he the, doesn't. He doesn't. He might have been the most arrogant Vulcan in Star Trek. And history. he doesn't.
1: And he doesn't hide his emotions. He. Relishes his discussions, with you know, you know, goading the humans and showing the Vulcans Mocking. are superior. It, 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 Mocking, it, it, it. like that's not very Vulcan-like. <sighs> and 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 Cisco, in the end, the DS Nine team shows what the best thing to do to a bully is: is make their argument ir- irrelevant. Like, hey, you won. That's great, but we're celebrating because we still got a point.
0: Maybe the (laughs) best, maybe the best scene of that entire game is when the Vulcan realizes that he just touched Odo, who's playing the ump. Oh, that smirk (laughs) Odo gives him. He's like, I finally get to pop out out of here. here. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's like that look before somebody realizes that they're about to get dropped by the rock.
1: Yep. Oh. Yep. Well, that's exactly <laughs> the sound. And he used the same sound voice and stuff. And this is personal. But my dad would
2: yell
1: at Pee Wee baseball games as an umpire. And stuff, yelling those things. He did. Ex- Odo did exactly that, which is like he relished oh, it. Oh my it god! <laughs> and you know what? It
0: makes sense too because that Odo is all about law and order. And
1: oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's so good. All right. Well, I Look, think listen, I
0: think... folks. It, this this TV show is so good that you can take such serious at times characters. In in the midst of a war, you do an entire episode where four hundred years in the future they're trying to play baseball
1: yeah. against aliens. Yeah, <laughs> and it's important to them. <laughs> and you get to
0: see Cisco learn a bit of a lesson about a little bit about sportsmanship and about you know the moral victories and
1: yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, uh, God, take me out to the of suite was great. I mean, not only because I was shocked that we saw DS9 lose the Niners, that we saw the Niners lose.
0: <laughs> By the way, that is a great baseball logo.
1: It was. It was really good. You
0: get that one section of the uh, of the the, the station. Uh, of, the, of the, the station docking ring that that forms the, docking, the other the docking
1: stitching in the it was great yeah. that that that's right up there with the the term tamako from the, the simpsons t- <laughs> <laughs> perfect like even in the writing it, it, even in the writing with the simpsons they had to congratulate themselves in the episode oh that's very clever tamako <laughs>
0: But you get Deep Space Nine where you have something as dark as what was it, Wrongs Darker Than Death or Night? Was that the one where Remember where the card the the scarred Cardassian Survivor is killing off all members of Kira's resistance cell? And
1: I don't I don't remember that.
0: There was an episode That called, was early
1: in the season, wasn't it? Or it was like early season in the five. No. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. i don't I don't know
2: um,
1: Are you looking it up?
0: yeah, I've got to because it it's a very poignant episode.
1: Get it out of your system, yeah, I get it. And then we gotta wrap this up,
0: oh yeah, it, but you have an episode where it basically deals with the aftermath of terrorism, yeah, you know, and.
3: darkness and the light that's what it okay. is okay yeah you the were right there with light. it
2: yeah
0: and so this guy this former Cardassian who's now horribly scarred because of a bombing by the Shikar resistance cell kills like three or four members of Kira's resistance cell who were left Shakar the leader of the cell who is now the the leader of Bajor is well protected But then Kira, basically pregnant Kira, goes to confront this guy. He ambushes her. He's about to try to surgically remove the child from her. The O'Brien's child. Yeah. Because the child is an innocent and he doesn't want any more innocence. He's going to surgically remove the baby so he can murder Kira. But she she gets the drop on him. It, it It was rough. You have an episode like that. For the episode, um, where, what was it, the episode where she wants to kill her mom?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: I, I mean, the, actually, can we talk about Kira for just, I mean, we can't, but Kira is probably the most scarred character out of all of them. Yet she was the most sensible. Yeah. I mean, you could talk about Dax with all the lifetimes there were and everything. But Kira, for a single lifetime, she was always one of the wisest out of everyone. But she had the most scars.
3: Well, when you look about it. There, there's some harshness
0: with some of these because you have Worf's entire family was massacred. Yeah. And he was like one of a handful of survivors, right?
1: Yep, as a child.
0: So you have that. You have O'Brien and Sisko who both died.
1: combat.
0: You know, O'Brien had to see it Firsthand, where it was uh, brutal.
3: Uh, Cisco, of course, lost his wife to the Borg. Right. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of
0: really rough stuff when you look at it. Sure. And you're right. Kira is Kira. Wrongs darker than death or night was the one where Dakot tells oh, Kira about up. his mother. That's what yeah.
2: it was.
0: Yeah. So yes, you got a lot. Of, Kira, yeah, it, could she be the most scarred? Sure, but there's I a think lot she of, is. There's a lot of harshness. Martok spent two years in a Dominion prison camp, basically becoming a uh, a punching bag for the Jem'Hadar. Nog lost his leg after his mother abandoned him in, in Rom. You know, you have.
1: I think this. I think this is a subject for another episode. War, a dark episode. By lost the way, lost
0: his entire family.
1: Lost, lost standing. Yeah, lost his entire family and standing. Twice in the lost Council. his
0: standing in the empire. Twice had to basically to save his brother's life. Had to basically make him forget him. Yep. Lost two basic wives, his mates Kalar and, and Jadzia.
1: Both of There's them killed plenty. in front of him.
0: Yeah. So, brutal, you know, brutal issues there. Yeah. Worf and Kira are right up there neck and neck. It's kind of hard to argue with that.
1: It really is. It really is. You're right. You make good points. You make good points. All right. Well, let's end this on a positive note.
0: Deep Space Nine did things for TV. That I don't think people still really acknowledge. What's that? The serialized storytelling, the the grittiness of sci fi, the way that uh, sci fi could go gritty and still be very good. Yeah. Gonna help kick in the door. And I do think it just had a bigger platform by the fact that it was Star Trek than, say, Babylon 5, which was doing very similar at the same time. Yes. Although, at times, I think even Deep Space Nine might have been darker than B5.
1: I could see that.
0: when you Because when you put it into the con- context of a universe, when you're like, no, 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 not Kirk and Picard's world is going to fall in because of this, No.
1: <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, the Federation was a victim of this war, right? This 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 human utopia, this this paradise. Earth is considered a paradise by the twenty fourth century, mm-hmm. and and this alien president of the Federation is so dedicated to protecting earth that is this paradise
0: yeah it's it's amazing just the kind of things that it did i think the best way we can sum it up is if you want to see just truly some of the great impact watch what you left behind the the deep space yeah. nine documentary
1: what we, what we left behind. it
0: is what we left behind it is so good Mm-hmm. It is. It is one I will rewatch because it's that good.
1: I do need to rewatch it because it was, It's been I over a year. I bought the DVD,
0: man. Just so I could. Yes, I bought oh, the Blu Ray yeah. just so I could go and see all the other footage that wasn't in the. There was tons of extra footage, expanded interviews, people who there was a couple of interviews with people who maybe not even got a chance to really talk in the main documentary. It was so good. Deep Space Nine had such an impact that what we left behind, the, the the documentary, is considered one of the best documentaries on Star Trek.
1: Oh, I it's, agree. A, I agree.
0: You get interviews with every living cast, major cast member, with the exception of Avery Brooks, and they threw in some archive stuff, but... The amount of people that they got for the episode, all in one room, all sitting mm-hmm. there.
1: Yeah, and, that, and then what, what the was the singing group? The the, the 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 singing group. Who who were they? What, what, what did they call right, themselves? So,
0: uh, I can't remember, but it was it was a uh, basically kind of like a
1: the Enterprisers was, or the 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 D's or something. It was something along. Shoot.
0: It was Casey Biggs, Max Grodenchick, Marvin Shimmerman, and was it uh, was it Jeffrey it was, it Combs?
1: Was... Yes, it was Jeffrey Combs.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you've one star and three recurring stars. Yeah. <laughs> All fans makeup singing a a parrot, basically a a deep space nine parody. If I left my heart in San Francisco.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, it's great. It's great. It's such a good. Goddamn. And they basically and they map out season eight of Deep Space Nine and what it would have looked like from the original writers' perspective, which is radical. Don't get me wrong, but, but was faithful.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a way to go that would have fit with what you knew of Deep Space Nine. Yes. And
3: it was entertaining. Oh, my it God. It was so, so good.
0: Folks, this, this series. deserves so
1: much. It means so much to us.
0: Uh, well, it was the first Star Trek series I really watched regularly.
1: Yes, <laughs> <And> <laughs>
0: it clear. was. But it spoke to me. Mm-hmm. It it did so many things different. It wasn't just zipping from planet to planet to planet. In fact, one no, of the neat things was like questions the on first that. few seasons, there was new aliens coming to the station all the time, so. You know, you got to see that, but then you got to see the politics, the religion, you got to see the war, you got to see more personality, you got to see more complex characters, people with tragic pasts, with
3: flaws, with
0: all sorts of quirks and stuff.
1: And it was it was gray, gray and white area, you know, gray areas basically.
0: First Star Trek show with with cast member with characters who weren't all Starfleet. Right. Right. You get Quark. He's a civilian. Jake. He's a kid. Was had absolutely no interest in Starfleet. Right, you but expected have,
1: to join Starfleet.
0: Like for like the first season, and then afterwards, <laughs> it just kind of like.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: But also Jake, I or think some of, some of his character arcs would be up and down, like he would disappear from entire episodes.
1: Yeah, no, that's true, too. But then
0: there were also amazing episodes like The Visitor.
1: I love that. That that Dude. made me almost write a complete novel after I watched that episode.
2: Siric
0: Lofton upped his game. And then when they had him, they brought in the great Tony Todd, the... <laughs> Excellent mm-hmm. character actor who has had so much trick love. was He just Ugh. crushed it. Excellent episodes.
1: That scarred me. The visitor scarred me.
0: His friendship with Nog.
1: Which it was so good. It was just so, so well done and so good. And I, I look upon the visitor and I look upon my son. And I'm just like, oh, man. That's a that's a thing. Like was, that, that 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 power. They showed the power between a father and son. son. That's all and this I could episode see it is as a about: son. the
0: son's love and obsession with his father.
1: Yes, and I could see that as a child, as a as a, as a son. But then when you see it as a father, you look at it completely differently, and you're like, "Oh man, just move on." But God damn. It was so well done. It was so good. God, it was so good. Uh,
0: and probably had the best tip of the hat to any previous
3: trek and trials and tribulations.
1: How so?
0: Of all of the crossovers and memorials and and homages to past treks that just was easily the most fun
3: yes it but.
0: was funny it was creative the technology was pretty was great at the time and held up pretty decent
1: and the, and oh oh we're talking about and Drupal. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah.
0: Easily Now, was it? We already and we talked about it. Was it amazing to see Spock and Data, Spock and Picard go face to face? Sure. Was it cool to see Geordi and Scotty working together? Hell yeah. Was it interesting in Generations to see Kirk and Picard? Sure. But when you get to see, when you get to see O'Brien, Bashir, Odo, and Worf get into a bar fight. With dudes in like classic Klingon and classic Starfleet uniforms.
1: That was pretty important.
0: When when you get to hear (laughs) Dax start rattling off, "Oh, I knew this Klingon. We're Uh, we're good friends. I'd like to go see him." Oh, yeah. Bones, he had a hands of a surgeon.
1: Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) All of this with that that telltale raise of the eyebrows, you know. (laughs) But
0: <laughs> Everything about that na- was nailed. As Deep was Space nice. Nine did a did wonderful tributes to the original <laughs> series.
1: Yes, they did. They
0: brought back the mirror universe and did it well. They didn't overdo it.
1: More well, yes, I agree. And that's another discussion. Oh, that's another discussion for another another day.
0: Right. I think. Look at what um, they did with the original Klingons, Kor, Kang, and Koloth.
1: Yes, that was good. That that I saw that episode before I could really what
0: was wonderful.
1: Before, before I could really appreciate it for what it was.
0: Michael Ansar always sounding like he yeah, was choking back rage. Mm-hmm. Or or Kor, pure, pure scenery chewing. <laughs> oh, love it. Deep Space Nine, folks, can touch everything. There's some flat-out hilarious episodes. There's some really hard-hitting emotional ones. There's ones that make you think, ones that'll make you cry, ones that'll make you cheer. And it did war better than any other Trek. Yep. Enterprise did some decent with the Zindi arc. But it was more of a quest kind of thing.
1: Yes, it was a quest. You're absolutely right.
0: But my, by far my absolute favorite Star Trek show, one of my favorite sci-fi shows of all times. Grew up watching episodes of the original series, the animated series, so and the movies so are very familiar with Kirk, Spock, McCoy all of them grew into with your with your kind of suggestion into the next generation which was always beloved but deep space 9 trumps them all
2: <laughs>
0: for me anyway
3: all i can say is
0: i can't i can keep going and i won't because we'll be here for the rest of the night but
1: that is true
0: what do you think uh your final thoughts
1: ditto <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Say it's exactly true. Dude, we can talk about this. We
0: would watch the episodes, and then we talk to each other. Hey man, did you see this? This is so cool. Yes.
1: Yes, because it would show new new ships, like better ships, better battles. Like it was it was great. It was just it blew my freaking mind. It was everything I wanted to see. And Deep Space Nine did that, and I love it for that. And I and watch it, think about it with nostalgia, and I see it. And I'm like, god damn it still holds up. And that everyone. When it still holds up is the ultimate end.
0: Tell
3: me. This message brought to you by Cialis.
1: Like Star Trek's
0: version <laughs> of Star Wars by
1: the end. Wait, what?
0: By the during the Dominion War, you almost gotta feel it was like Star Trek's version of Star Wars.
1: Almost. No, I never got that. feeling. The plucky I underdog,
0: the huge space battles—I,
1: I never the got chosen
0: that feeling. one to fight the great enemy.
1: Never got that feeling. I gotta be honest. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not shitting on your point, but I'm. I'm sorry.
0: Luke Skywalker.
1: Luke, there you go. All right, everyone, uh, let's go with Luke Spice. What was it? Do it again. No. Luke Spice Luke Skywalker. There it is. There you go. There's the ultimate end, everyone. And we're going to end on that note. <laughs>
0: and on many others, I'm sure.
1: Oh, so many others. Until, everyone, you guys keep dreaming. We'll keep working. So long, folks.
0: From the other side of the wormhole, we we'll see you on
1: the high ground. bye Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Site Productions, produced by D.T. Cavman and P.S. McKay. Music courtesy of Kevin Cloud at Incompetech.com. For more information on upcoming episodes, follow P.S. McKay on Twitter at P.S. McKay, or go to ThoseSciFiGuys.com for past episode information.